0: How many of you have trouble with the devil? How many think you live with him? I'm sorry, I shouldn't have asked that. <laughs> I've said it more than once. If, you're not, if you haven't run into the devil by the time you get to work, my friends, because you and the devil are running in the same direction. Because no sooner than you get up, you're going to have that voice of the enemy always endeavoring to... Put head to head. You know, one of the most crucial times, as I've read, is many families uh, have uh, they're they they're bickering and fighting, or the children on their way to church. Some of the best disagreements are on the way to church. You know, and uh, it is amazing. Why do you think that would be? As as I read, and I believe it to be the truth, is because you know the enemy knows where you're headed you're headed to worship. You know, headed to uh, to relate to Jesus and enjoy the blessings of the Lord. The closer that you get to Jesus, the more challenges you're going to have. And here's what you always do. Here's what you always do. You either draw closer or you step away, you step farther away. And as a result, all of us fight our own individual battles. Turn to your neighbor and see he's about to talk to you. So just go ahead and listen up. We fight our individual battles. It's always something. Comes in some form of bondage. I am not suggesting that a Christian could be demon possessed in any way, shape, or form. So don't leave here. Say I said it. Don't say that I mentioned it. Just the bottom line is true. When you're liberated, when you're liberated from your sins through Christ Jesus, uh, to whom the Lord has made free, that person is free indeed. But here, here's the problem: we live in a culture that is inspired by evil forces. It's kind of hard to go out in a garbage dump and not get dirty. It's just the way it is. You're always going to have that. You see, there are different manifestations and sources of the enemy. So I'm going to take a few minutes tonight. I want to be sure I've got the scripture in place. And we start with 2 Corinthians, the 10th chapter, verse 3 through 5. It says, though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. Do you believe that? The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds, the weaponry that we have. We demolish uh, arguments and every pretension that set itself up against the knowledge of God, and we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. That's what we are supposed to do. But it says we take every thought and make it obedient to Christ. Is that true with you, every thought, every act? Then it must be a reality that we all have a little bit of work to do. Paul then puts his pen in Ephesians 6, verse number 10, and we start there. Finally, gentlemen, brethren, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For he says, our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against rulers, against authorities, against powers of this dark world, against the spiritual forces of evil in heavenly realms. Therefore, put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground, and after you have done everything to stand, stand firm then, And pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. And with this in mind, after everything is said and done, be alert and always, say always, always keep on praying for all the saints. A lot of instruction there. A lot of wonderful opportunity. Okay, Pastor, I heard you read it. I saw it. And I want you to know to the nth degree... I am all in. Every bit that you just read, I am all in. I believe that, I believe it, but do I practice it every single day, every hour, is that really the way it is? Do I always take up the shield of faith? Do I ever let the devil get on the inside? The reality is, oh yes we do, it does happen. Then what do we do? How do we manage those kinds of situations? Listen now my friend. There is no one in this world that can steal away the joy of your salvation or the gift of your salvation. No one can take it away. But you can give the enemy permission to mess with it, to abuse it, to the degree it becomes cold and indifferent to you and not viable in your life anymore. I am redeemed by and through the blood of Jesus Christ. Redemption is a gift that comes from God. So how do we deal with these things in our lives? How do we deal with all the habits? How do we deal with all the negative thinking? How do we deal with bitterness? How do we deal with indifference? Here we go. Ephesians 6.12 It's again, our struggle. I want to read it in the message version, uh, if you don't mind. There is no, this is no afternoon athletic contest that we'll walk away from and forget about in a couple of hours. This is for keeps. The way that you live is life or death fight to the finish against the devil and all of his angels. Who is he talking to? You. He's saying, don't be mesmerized and don't become apathetic. As it relates to this battle, this world is not a playground. It is a battleground. And the battleground is coming after our youth after our children, after our churches, and anyone who takes a true stand for righteousness and holiness, holding up the gospel of Jesus Christ. It's there. And if you were to say to the world, are we winning or losing as it relates to the church, the church would say, you guys are losing, but we know in whom we have believed. Amen? We know we believe, so what's some of the problem? Miss you. It's part of the stat. 60 percent, say the devil, those that were interviewed. the devil or Satan is not a living being. 60 percent, but he is only a symbol of evil. Of 46 born-again Christians deny Satan's existence. Get that now. A born-again believers, 46? Catholics. 7 out of 10, or 73% say the devil is non-existent and only a symbol of evil. In the makeup, 61% of men believe Satan is just a symbol of evil. 57% women believe that he is. How does that play out with what you see. Can you pick up the paper? Can you read about what happened in Texas? Can you read about what happened in Orlando? Can you read about what's taking place in Seminole Heights? Can you pick up the paper today and not see evil through almost every single story? Well, where does that birth from? Where does it come from? You see, if the enemy cannot meet us head on and try to win the battle, he used the subtlety of his evil forces. He uses circumstances. He uses individuals. There is a man, his name uh, is uh, China. Number of years ago, Sun Tzu, who was a general in China about 500 BC. That would have been when the Jews were endeavoring and Haggai and Zephaniah or Zechariah were trying to rebuild the temple in about 520. You read the book of Nehemiah, you see where that was important. But he was an individual that collected what is called warfare uh, master uh, minds, and it's called the art. Of war, the art of war. He's probably the most mentioned name as it relates to the art of war. Henry Kissinger mentioned his name and referenced him as it relates to some of the studies of the U.S. military took this art of war piece that he actually gathered all the material. And, and what came out of that? It's used in businesses, organizations. And what came out of that is this. Son Zeus said, um, Know your enemy before going into battle. He said, if you know your enemy and know yourself, he wrote, you need not fear the result of a hundred battles. Know yourself, know your enemy. But he said, if you know yourself but not the enemy, for every victory gained, you will also suffer a defeat. Which is why so many people are like this all the time, never on the plane of making progress, but always struggling and shifting and dealing and fighting and backing up and giving up and then diving in, and can't make up their mind whether they want to serve God or just be apathetic. And it's just that family's just that way. And why is that? We're not totally sold out in the church world that Satan is a real force of darkness with all the tools that he has to endeavor to steal away the faith you have in your heart. Influence. Benjamin, Sherry's son, at lunch with him today, he's at University of Florida. He Went as a junior. He got two years here, and then went to UF. I said Benjamin, as we warned him, and I mentioned that in the second service: choose your friends wisely. Be careful of your roommates. Take what you've known. He uh, he graduated in the Royal Ranger program and and uh, knew all the scripture, et cetera, et cetera. So I asked him a question: You want him to tour up a little bit? Let me see. Let me find out. You've been there a semester. What's going on with you? What has impacted you most? Well, he's a smart enough kid. He knew, well, spiritually, granddad, I've connected with a wonderful group there at the University of Florida. And he said, they're navigators. We call them navigators. I have a small group in which I study and which I pray. One of the things that we have to do is to go out witnessing on the campus Cold turkey, conversation with students, etc. cetera. I was shocked when I asked students, you know, what, what, what do you have in mind as your future? What, what do you have in mind? What do you want to do with your life? And he said, before, it was astounding to me the answers. He said, I don't know. I have no idea. And he said, that just rocked me. He said, we do that. And he said it got more and more interesting as we went on. Let me ask you this question. When you see churches on every corner, you have television, you have radio, you have all types of writings, all types of books, some of the greatest authors in the world, how is it that a young person on a secular college campus, when asked that question, can say, I don't have any idea? I can tell you. It's because the enemy will always endeavor to hide, and I'll talk about that in just a moment, to hide the truth from those who've not found the truth. Well, what are some of the references to Satan's claims? Number one, he is the God of this age. I hope you look at this tape later and take a look at it online in the archives. The God of this age has blinded the minds of unbelievers so that they cannot see the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ who is the image of God? So we got that. Number one, he blinds people to the truth. He blinds them. That's why when you engage in a conversation with someone who's not committed to Jesus Christ, they're blind to the fact that the devil is real and that their sins, if they don't get forgiveness and make a commitment to Jesus, there's only one place to go it's heaven or it's? It's heaven or it's? Stay with me now. He has great authority. He has great authority according to Luke 4, 6. And he said to them, if um, I will give you all their authority and splendor, for it has been given to me and I can give it to anyone I want. That's a line right straight out of the pit of hell. I can give authority that's given to me. The next is he veils the gospel, covers it. 2 Corinthians 4, 3. And even if our gospel is veiled, it is veiled to those who are perishing. He is a slander to the believer. Job 1.9, does Job fear God for nothing? Satan replied. Not only that, he opposes righteousness. Zechariah 3 verse 1, then he showed me Joshua the high priest standing before the angel of the Lord and standing right at his side was there to accuse him, the enemy. If you think he's afraid of you, you are badly mistaken, friend. Here's another, he tempts us to do wrong. Then Jesus was led by the Spirit in the desert to be tempted by the devil. He instigates sin. The evening meal was being served, and the devil had already prompted Judas Iscariot, son of Simon, to betray Jesus. He preys upon the believers. Be self-controlled and alert. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. He is a fallen angel with revenge in his heart, and his target is you. His target are your kids. His target are your grandkids. That's why you plead the blood over Jesus Christ over them every single day because the enemy who paints different pictures than what true pictures are is out to destroy them. Listen to Jesus' message to the scribes and Pharisees. It's found in John 8, verse number 42. He said, if God was your father, talking about Jehovah, said Jesus, you would love me I come from God, and I arrived here, and I didn't come on my own. He sent me. Why can't you understand one word I say? Here's why. You can't handle it. You're from another father, the devil, and all you want to do is to please him. He's the killer from the very start. He couldn't stand the truth because there wasn't a shred of truth in him. And when the liar speaks, it makes up out of his lying nature and fills the world with lies. I I arrive on the scene to tell you the plain truth and you refuse to have anything to do with me, and Jesus many of his own individual family members are the ones who cried crucify him. We well, might ask well after hearing all that, what hope do we have? It's real simple. His name is Jesus. But it's not just saying the name Jesus. There is a spiritual bondage. How do you manage with the affairs of your own life? Paul writes in 2 Corinthians 10.3, For though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. Let me read, read it again. For though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. We are not supposed to wage war. But is that true? Is that a testimony of what reality is? We don't wage war as the world does. Is that a reality? Think about it for a moment. How do you manage your own warfare? First, you know there is a warfare, but how do you manage it? How do you manage your own weaknesses? In Ephesians 6, 12, for our struggle is not against flesh and blood. That's what the truth is. But let me ask you this. Is our struggle against flesh and blood? Are you your own worst enemy? Talk to me now. Are you your own worst enemy? So it says this is what reality is. Our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but the great battles of your life is fought through flesh and blood. You never win that way, but we keep doing it that way. Why? Because the reality is Satan is always tempting us to want to fall into the rut with everyone else. And we remember the scripture that says, come apart separate yourself but you cannot separate yourself and still be mixed up in the tools and in the menagerie of the world and culture in which we live it means several several things and I want to share some of them with you tonight here's some questions are we sinners saved by grace say amen are we flesh and spirit all right. Can we be believers and still sin and wrestle with the flesh? Yes, can we be redeemed and still be in bondage? Still be in bondage. What is bondage? What I want you to know, I believe that we are sinners saved by grace. And I can prove it by scripture, Romans 3:24. And are justified freely by his grace through the redemption that came by Jesus Christ. I am justified freely by his grace. I am a sinner saved by grace. Forgive me of my sins. I trust you. I believe that we can be both flesh and spirit. Now, here's what I mean. The spirit resides in a body of flesh. You believe that? The spirit man abides in the body of flesh. But there is never any peace, never any peace in a person that is striving in their spirit man to live for Jesus. Because the fleshly part of the enemy will always fight to the nth degree, to get you not to be the kind of righteous person God wants you to be. Romans 7, 21, so I find this law at work in me. Paul, he's a great man. I want to do good. Say that with me. I want to do good. Say it again. I want to do good. But evil is right there with me, he says. For in my inner being, I delight in God's law, but I see another ugly law at work in my members of my body, waging war against the law of my mind and making me a prisoner of the law of sin at work within my members. That's where you give yourself permission to let your members of your body participate in sin. He says... Waging war against the law of my mind, making me a prisoner of the law of sin at work within my members. Oh, what a wretched man I am. Who will rescue me from this body of death? Who will? His name is Jesus. Ultimately will rescue us from this body of death. Yes, we wrestle with the flesh, but our warfare is not Hey, I'm going to knock your head off if you try to knock my head off. That's taking the flesh. I'm going to take matters in my own hand. You go ahead and try it. You're going to be so bruised, so beat, so cut, so discouraged, so depressed. That's why people stay that way in their life. They never get to the place that they release it all to Jesus to say, I am all in with you, God. Whatever weaknesses and frailties and Things that I have going on in my life, I give them to you. I might fall down, but I'm telling you, I will get up and rise again by the grace of the living God. I will not stay there. Your kids don't have a chance of running away from God and staying there with you praying and believing God for their soul and their life. They don't stand a chance because the hook of the Holy Spirit has touched them. Yes, we fight against bondage that we call our flesh, Romans 7, 14. We know that this law is spiritual, but I'm unspiritual, sold as a slave to sin. I do not understand what I do, for what I want to do, I do not do, but what I hate, I do. Who wrote that? You could have. Hello? You could put your name on that one, my name on that one. I don't get it. Now, when we come to faith, here's what the Bible says. How do you take all of that? He says, when you come to faith, he says, we are new creatures in Christ. Romans 8, 1 and 2, therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Jesus Christ Because through Christ Jesus, the law of the spirit of life set me free from the law of sin and death. Say amen. What does that mean? I now have authority to have a choice. To say on good evidence of the word of God, Satan, you are a liar. I rebuke you in the name of Jesus Christ. Though I hear the voice toying with my intellect and though I feel the pull of the power of darkness, I am free in the name of Jesus Christ. I bind you and I speak the word of the living God into you. Get behind me in Jesus' name. You now are a new creature with new authority, with new power to have control and rule. Well, I tried that once. I often, well, I've told the story. It's been a long, long time, you know, a long time, many, many years. I bought most all of Sharon's clothes and we'd go shopping together and I would buy and look at it and say that one or whatever and go and get it and whatever the case. And and, uh, and I would do that. And I... I said to her one time, you you want to go shopping. Now, let me tell you something, guys. I just want to go look. I don't care if it's furniture. I don't care if it's clothes. I don't care if it's jewelry. I don't care, whatever. That's a hook. I just want to go look. Say that with me out loud. I just want to go look. And she always fulfills that. She does look. So I said, Now, there's a beautiful dress. I looked fine on you, but we're just looking. (laughs) Just looking. Well, since it's here. Well, Why don't I try it on? We're just looking. Try it on. Just looking. About that time, you better be reaching in your pockets if you brought your credit card with you. And about that time, if you can hide it. I'm Just looking. So anyway, we got out of there. Nothing happened. Couple days later, just kind of how it goes. Late. I don't have any fight in me. I'm weary. I'm tired. They know when to get you. I want to show you something. Okay. Now she comes. I said, I told you that our budget was shot. Anybody here resonating with what I'm saying? Anybody? (laughs) Just a few. I said, Sharon, you know, I told you when that happened, that becomes a spiritual issue. Shopping is a spiritual issue. I've told you all these years, when you stand there with that dress on or those tight-fitting jeans on with holes in them, say, Satan, I rebuke you. Get behind me. She said, I did. I said, you told the devil. Satan, I rebuke you. Get behind me. She said, I sure did. And what did he do? She said, he got behind me. Okay. He said... And it looks as good from back here as it does up there. So I bought it. Now, I don't know that that's ever happened just like I told it. (laughs) But it makes a great point. The point is the enemy will mess with you. The enemy will just keep nudging. Let's, did you notice what it said? Let's just go look. Well, there it is. Now, now now, let's try it on. And once you've tried it on and it fits perfectly, I mean it accents the beauty. You say, well, it didn't quite do it. It does not quite fit and accent all of my beauty. I spent a little bit more you did? Yeah, I got me a set of spanks. I mean, now. You look, I am spanked from here down to here. My Lord have mercy, like hugging a mummy. No, Sharon never has done that. But how many will pray for me on the way home tonight <laughs> from church? Do you see how easy it is? You see, the Christ, the law of life set me free From the law of death liberated me from evil desire from spirits and that will always be there because i have made a commitment to serve a new master a new master and i live out that through jesus christ so bondage will set up housekeeping in you with often deep insecurities not only deep insecurities but unhealthy addictions Deep insecurities are unhealthy addictions of alcohol, lying, or anger, or pride. And sometimes we know those physical challenges might be inherited. They're emotional challenges. I was on a plane. When was I on a plane? I was on a plane Thursday and Friday. Flew from Tampa to to Atlanta, Atlanta to Akron, Ohio, then coming back Friday, Akron, Ohio, way up to Detroit, Michigan. I'm on row number 36. And the plane only has 35 rows. <laughs> row 36. The lady said, we're going to give you, Dan McBride, we're going to give you great seats. That's wonderful. Yeah, you're going to have an aisle. You're going to have plenty of leg room. Whew. I got there. It's one of those straight jacket seats you sit down in. You, you can't move much because it's an exit row. And I kept hearing underneath. I looked at down. I thought, "What in the world's going on?" Oh, there's a rat on the plane. <laughs> and I kept hearing. had a baby crying over here. I'm tired. We got up at four o'clock. It's my Lord have mercy. And then right behind me, I'm good. And Dan thinks it's funny. <laughs> then there was another one. I asked the stewards, is the dog out of the cage? <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> oh, isn't he cute? Now, I was already a bit disturbed because getting on the plane one precious lady, well-to-do, had two little Pekinese twins, and they sat in first class. I thought, how is it with me, a mighty man of God, sitting on row thirty-six at the back of the plane, and two little Pekinese dogs just sitting up in first class with that lady? It didn't make any sense to me. I said, "Out of the case." She said, "Yes, they're comfort dogs." Now, well, let me tell you now, about 10 minutes into that flight, I'm saying, God, I, I'm going to need a little comfort. Something. I'm going to need something to comfort me. I got the babies. I got the dogs. And I'm, I'm, on, my, I'm, on, my, I'm on my last nerve. How many, how many have pity on me? Two. Unbelievable. It was unbelievable in that moment in time. I thought, God, I need help here. And before you know it, mama fed the baby. The only thing that continued to aggravate me was Dan laughing. <laughs> Comfort. I thought I had, and I'm, I am 61 years of age. See, now you get on my last nerve. The point is, I, 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 I had never heard of a comfort dog. Never. 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 I never heard of a comfort dog. All I know is Dan has one. And that's why he was laughing. You, you see, let me tell you, Romans 8, 5, those who live according to the sinful nature, don't forget this, have their minds set on what nature desires. But those who live in accordance with the Spirit, have their minds set on what the Spirit desires. So can I keep it consistent that my spiritual nature keeps me focused on spiritual desires? Can I make that happen? Paul already says... I don't wrestle against flesh and blood. But here's what he says to those of us who have that challenge. Romans 8 verse 9. You, however, are controlled not by the sinful nature but by the Spirit. And if the Spirit of God lives in you, and if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, he does not belong to Christ. Two powers at work. My natural body and my supernatural spirit that lives in me. Finally, there is deliverance. Paul writes in 2 Corinthians ten four. The weapons we fight are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. Do you believe that? So all in, you're going to have trouble every day. Well, thanks, Pastor. You're going to have tribulation. You're going to have little imps. Sometimes you know their names and sometimes you don't. You're going to have struggles. You're going to have challenges. But Andre Crouch said, through it all, I've learned to trust in Jesus. Through it all. Through it all. Through it all. Why? Because you are a man of God. You are a woman of God. You are a redeemed person in Jesus Christ. You have Power to speak that the enemy and declare the truth of God's word. You have the power of choice to say, in Christ alone, I stand. And after everything I've done, I'm still going to stand. So will those struggles be there? Absolutely. But don't be anxious, Paul writes, about anything, but in everything, by prayer and petition and thanksgiving, present your request to God and learn to be content with whatever you have. Somebody say amen, amen. Put your hands together and let's thank God for that. Would you stand? Heavenly Father, we are indebted to you. We know who you are and we know how much you love us. I thank you for experiences that we go through that often challenge our faith and challenge our patience and just, God, in all of us from time to time we've failed and we made mistakes, and, and okay, that won't be the first, and it won't be the last. But here's the beauty of it. God, we want a desire to do better. We want a desire to have the record of our behavior, walk in alignment with you. We want that. And God, sometimes we're not good at it, but here's what we do know. We have a whole lot of grace and mercy, and I'm not talking about cheap grace and cheap mercy. I'm talking about true grace and true mercy. So would you just meet everybody's need here tonight? God, we press into you. And the next time we feel like the enemy suffocating us, the next time we might find ourselves in a situation like maybe I was in Friday, maybe uncomfortable, let us just lean on you, trust you, honor you by the power of your Holy Spirit. In case there are those listening now online, and there are many, And those in here, would you just repeat this prayer after me? Dear Jesus, Jesus, forgive me. me. I am sorry. I I have failed. failed. I've made mistakes. I have misjudged. misjudged. But I ask you now, cleanse me. me. Purify Purify my heart. Purify my my mind. I lay everything on on the altar altar and ask you to sanctify it by the authority authority of your word. word. In Jesus' name, Amen. 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 a good little sunday night message friend i want you to know he's on his throne i want you to know you have the authority i want you to trust him i want you to pick yourself up amen i want you to pick yourself up and say i'm forgiven i'm redeemed i'm not going to be defined by a failure i'm not going to be defined by a mistake i'm not going to be defined of a bad judgment i i am redeemed by the grace." of the Lord Jesus Christ. If you need prayer in your body, you need prayer in your body, you you have a family member, or maybe, maybe the holiday, Thanksgiving, that's what it is. Thursday is Thanksgiving. And you just know there's going to be a battle. You just know. And if you believe there will be one, there will be. But you know what you can do? Be anointed with oil and say, God, I want to walk into what I think might be a battle as a peacemaker. I want to have a lot of patience. I want to have a lot of forgiveness. I want to give a lot of mercy. I want to give a lot of grace. And I want it to be the kind of day that brings pleasure to you. But, God, for that to happen, you are going to have to help me. So as we sing this song, whatever you need is, I'll give you the benediction in just a moment. You come right now. Would you do that?